Welcome to our podcast, Parenting by the Pint. Enjoy the show. Greetings, Minivan Mafia. Lauren and I are longtime friends from Chicagoland that love getting together to chat about life, kids, family, and beer. Each week, we'll feature a brewery and sample at least two of their beers. We'll also discuss a variety of topics ranging from parenting, pop culture, travel, marriage, and just about anything else that comes to mind. Thanks for joining us for another episode here we go. We're going to start with another great beer that I don't think I've ever had a beer from this brewery before. I'm not sure, although I have heard of this one, which I didn't, wasn't the case last time. Yes. Uh, so this is, <laughs> yeah, Same. this is Same. Stevens Point Brewery, which Lauren pointed out to me right before we hit record, is in Stevens Point, <laughs> Wisconsin. <laughs> um, Can't forget. Knew, yeah, it's in the name. <laughs> I knew the brewery was in Stevens Point. I forgot that Steven Point, Stevens Point was in Wisconsin, which is funny because actually the sign stop has some vendors that are in that town so i occasionally oh, okay. will be like mailing checks that direction okay. so it is something i am familiar with but i we also sort of noted right before we hit record that this first beer we're going to drink is called lakeside and it's described as a vacation ale <laughs> it doesn't tell us if it's an apa an ipa what? a lager of what like I, no it's That's... vacation ale is nope. that a beer style? Like I, I just don't, think don't... So. no. <laughs> I was like, I don't think I've had either. I've never had a vacation ale, or I've had a lot of vacation ales. If it's yes. just an ale while on vacation, so so <laughs> could yes go either and way. No, then yes and no. <laughs> um, we did discover that it's a wheat mm. ale. So we do know what it is now, um, mm-hmm. but I do have a funny story. I described it as a mystery beer when we were looking <laughs> at the labels, and I uh, I remember, man, this had to be like, could have been like 10 years ago. I went out to this bar with a friend, and it was just like a random weekday. It wasn't like a night out, really. It was just kind of mm-hmm. like grab a beer after work, and they had like 50 cent or quarter mystery beers (laughs) it was really cheap like really really cheap and we ordered them and it was like about three quarters of the time it was some disgusting malt beverage that just happened to come in the bottle and then once in a while it was a beer and so Mm -hmm. you were really rolling the dice really rolling the (laughs) dice and about about three quarters of the time we would just not drink it like we would taste it it and then be like nah i gotta get something else (laughs) that's fair at least it's cheap yeah (laughs) yeah so let's try vacation ale and see what we've got going on here yeah it's got a nice just like golden flavor golden color to it it had a bit of a head when i poured it which deflated quickly yeah same when I first poured into the glass, I was kind of like, oh, no, I'm going to make a huge mess. But it, it really subsided very quickly. Yeah. So, you know, I like it. I could definitely see drinking this on the beach, you know, having like three or four of these on a hot day. Yeah, I was going to say like a it's very light. Like, and I feel like 
it just tastes like an ale. Like the a vacation ale actually is an appropriate name for this because it does like it's not overly weedy. I feel like if this would have said wheat ale, I would have had a different impression mm. of it because it's not okay. super like some wheat ales are a little bit too much of the graininess to me. Okay. I feel like this is yeah. I get that. I could see how you would feel that way about some wheat ale. Pretty light, pretty refreshing. I could totally see this like by a beach or on a boat or something like that. Oh yeah, for sure. boat. That's right? a good one. Like it's not too heavy. Sometimes when they've got there's a lot of like I feel like a lot of summery beers sometimes have different adjuncts which sometimes are a little like artificially tasting, but this is just kind of a clean, crisp, just beer. So it's actually pretty yeah pretty good I, I this is like good it. i would choose this over most like light beer like north american oh, yeah. domestic type stuff this is like a good version of that like this is this a is... perfect substitute for yeah. a north american domestic you know how sometimes when we interview people and we're like what would you have someone try that normally drinks north american domestic yes. to get into craft beer this to this me is, is like the perfect beer to kind of jumped from north american domestic into craft like this yes. is a really good stepping stone i think that, to that that is perfect that's exactly right? right i would i would totally offer this I have beer to, to somebody. remember this yeah i, I like yeah that, well how are we going to forget vacation ale though right I mean, you yeah. pro- you'll probably remember i'll probably will remember particularly on vacation so no i'm totally so, in on it <laughs> tell me about stevens point brewery <laughs> yeah so You've heard of Stevens Point Brewery, and a lot of people have had heard of Stevens Point Brewery for a number of reasons. Okay. But one is because it was founded in 1857. It's Whoa. the fifth oldest continuously operating brewery in the United States and what? the third oldest pro- currently privately owned brewery in the United States. What? Yeah. That it's is insane. Fast. 1857 I... it started. Yeah. yeah, I did not see that coming. Right, I did not yeah. know you were gonna say that. <laughs> yeah, I started researching them, and I was like, "Holy crap! Like this is this has How been around so for a long time." And ironically, so the brewery opened a year before Stevens Point was actually founded as a city. And the, the, one of their marketing what? slogans at one point was like, "Build a brewery, and they will come." <laughs> 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 Which is true, because that's Apparently. what happened. Yeah, so they've been around forever. I mean, 1857 <gasps> is a long time. Yeah, Jeez, crazy, there were right? states that weren't states then. Yeah, <laughs> right. So, but it's crazy because, like, they didn't. So they didn't actually distribute outside of Wisconsin though until 1990. Like, they were open for over a hundred years before oh they left goodness. Wisconsin. So they haven't That's actually so cool. been distributing to Illinois for that long in the actual lifespan of the brewery. So That's yeah, so crazy, crazy, this is right? Such a great story. It's really cool. So they opened in 1857. The town was founded in 1858. Um, in 1860s ish, um, they actually provided beer to Union troops during the Civil War. So. Jeez. 
Oh my god, Super the cool. Civil War. <laughs> right? Um, they <laughs> sold to various people throughout the years, but usually it was some sort of, you know, family here and there, etc. It was okay. renamed officially to Stevens Point Brewery in 1902 but then it was reorganized into stevens point beverage company during the prohibition to try and stay in business which we said they're the fifth oldest continuously operating brewery in the united states so they made it through a prohibition by making near beer which was legal at the time which is one half of one percent abv that's what near beer had to yeah. be more or less. I think we talked about that when we, we did the we, non-alcoholic. We episode. did, yeah. Mm-hmm. So they made that through prohibition, and they also made soft drinks. Um, okay. So they stayed open, and a lot of other business, a lot of other breweries shut down, obviously through prohibition. But they kept going, and, and as soon as prohibition lifted, they were ready to start producing beer again, like immediately. Okay. So they continued going. Um, in the 50s, they started canning. In 1973, they got a huge jump in publicity because they were rated the top American beer in a taste test by a reporter from the Chicago Daily News. Now, keep in mind, they weren't distributing to Chicago at the time, but he did a taste test and recommended it in an article in the Chicago Daily News. And so it did get you know, the attention of a lot broader audience okay. um, in the 70s. So then they they grew, they've grown obviously a ton over the years. Like I said, they didn't start selling outside of Wisconsin until 1990. Um, they were briefly owned by a Chicago-based company called Barton Beers, who own a variety okay. of other things for from 92 to 2002. But then they sold it back to a pair of Wisconsin real estate developers. So for the vast majority of the lifespan of this brewery, it's been owned by just private ownership in Wisconsin. So which it still is to this day. Um, So uh, in 2002, they introduced gourmet sodas. So they brew beer, they have cider, and they do soda currently. So they still do have kind of a variety of different beverages um, that they they create they won a great american beer fest gold in 2003 which also continued to put them on the map um there's also a variety of different um outside of just stevens point or point beer which is generally what their their logo is they also have whole hog is another one that is under their brand um James Page was a Minnesota brewery that they wound up buying the rights to, and they brew there as well. Uh, Baraboo Brewing Company, which only distributes in Wisconsin, I think, to like Hy-Vee and a variety of grocery stores. And then okay. Cider Boys, which is a huge cider company, yeah. is theirs as well. Oh, wow. So okay. that's all under the Stevens Point Brewery Company. Now, one of the other reasons that a lot of people hear about Stevens Point is they are one of the largest contract brewers in the United States. At any point, they have eight to nine different other oh. breweries that they are brewing for at their facility. So okay. in an interview, the head brewer said about 40% of what they produce is actually contract brew. Wow. Which is huge. Yeah. Yeah. So That's a lot. Yeah, so they've been around for over 150 years and they also brew for a variety of other companies in their facility. They've invested 
millions upon millions over the years in you know technological advances and different things you can go there and do do brewery tours which i would love to if we ever go they're not far from galena actually um oh, so great. yeah so like if we ever head out that way i would love to do a tour but um yeah i did not have any idea of how old this company was at all when i first picked up the beer because i actually picked it up while we were on vacation hence vacation now um but <laughs> I just, I had heard of it before, you know, I, nothing, I didn't know much about them, but like, I had no clue that they've been around for nearly as long as they have. Yeah. So, right. Yeah. So, so anyway, so that's a little history about Stevens Point uh, Brewery. That's <laughs> awesome. I yeah. just like did not realize that at all, but it's funny that you well, like you began by saying that, well, everybody has heard of this brewery because they've been around for all of eternity. Your grandfather right. knew about them. Probably, <laughs> exactly. Like, and you don't realize it. Yeah. But they've been around for, That's for so a funny. very long time. Yeah. Even like um most of their contract their contracts to brew are Wisconsin companies, but like uh -huh. Ho Hopewell brewed there for a while. Oh, okay. Like even okay. like Chicago companies, um, That's you know, cool. that needed space started, uh, you know, brewing there. So, and it was back in the 1850s, it was started by two German immigrants who probably needed somewhere to make their beer. And we're like, well, I guess we're going to do it. And, you know, by it's not far from a river in the middle of the sure. midwest and sure why not so sounds um, reasonable yeah so yeah so That's... pretty cool i thought that is pretty awesome well i don't have um a graceful segue into our topic yeah, tonight right. so we'll <laughs> just get right into it and lauren and i kind of randomly just suggested at some point that we talk about like you know all those little we call them BS jobs that we've had over the years before we got into what were our grown-up jobs. And maybe, as Lauren has said many times, maybe someday she will be a photographer and maybe someday I will <laughs> be a travel agent. I don't know, or a carpenter. I'm not sure. But up until... <laughs> Until we Who reach... knows what the future holds? <laughs> we can share all of these little professions that we've had along the way that have turned us into the well-rounded, capable parents that we are today. <laughs> um, my illustrious career in the working <laughs> world began as a child, mm. as um as someone whose father ran his own business. You know the laws about uh employing young yeah, people are minors, a little bit different yeah. uh, when you work for your father mm -hmm. um although it wasn't what i would call a formal employment i didn't get a w-2 <laughs> don't tell the government um for my first job at the science stop uh my father used to do these mailings where he would send out postcards and it was a big form of advertising for him when he was like mm. building the business early on and I'm going to admit this because maybe people don't realize it's a good way to reach out to people when you sell something that they need. So like we have learned that if you send mailers to companies that like have the need for what we sell, mm -hmm. there's a really good chance they're going to start to become customers if you are like, hey, guess what? We do the thing that you need. And so when he it's funny, it's a funny lesson that I learned from him because when he used to push it really hard. 10 years ago, I remember my brother and I just like rolling our eyes and talking about starting a website, you know, and he mm -hmm. was just like, ugh. Mm -hmm. you know? He's like, postcard, no. 
yeah no website. yeah but when <laughs> i was a child my job was to put the address labels on the postcards and he would print out a sheet and like one of those printers with like the pegs on the oh board. yeah 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 and it would print out 30 labels Dot on a matrix sheet. printer yep mm-hmm. and i was paid a penny a label <laughs> so for every sheet of 30 i would get 30 cents so usually my job you know ended with like five dollars you know yeah. because after that we'd run out of labels um <laughs> or something like that but yeah my first bs job which i guess isn't mm-hmm. bs because you know i still work there <laughs> yeah, that's true um, just doing a different task now but he was just planning the seed. building <laughs> yeah my first yeah. job was also underage though like i walked oh. there so uh-huh. i was a shampoo girl in worth at a salon that's oh, no longer yeah. there but i made like no money i mean it was oh, yeah. like it was yeah i mean like a couple bucks an hour at most like yeah. it was not sure yeah but it was a job and i earned a little bit of money and it was something and for some weird reason i wound up working at two other hair salons i don't even like cosmetology like that's it's so not weird. my thing at all like literally at all but i wound up later as like a teenager working at two other salons and one of them i started just as a receptionist the other one i started as a shampoo girl wound up being a receptionist and then wound up doing their bookkeeping so well that's so it made its way a little bit better but yeah not anything that i would have expected myself to go into like that particular realm with nothing wrong with it just not me um but yeah so my my very first job was shampoo girl that's a good one yeah that's a good one i actually proposed that to my niece who is you know more sort of job seeking age she's sure sure uh 17 now yeah and she's 17 yeah man that's crazy (laughs) uh but she, you know, like I was like, oh, you might want to look at working at a hair salon might be might be nice. Yeah. It's not difficult, you know, and she was kind of like, oh, that might be good. Yeah. So she kind of considered that for a while, but ended up at Old Navy folding mm. shirts. <laughs> well, my so. my next jobs was Marshall Fields folding shirts. and Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Thing. It's I... that, that one I definitely spent uh, quite a bit of breaks at for the holidays and watch oh yeah you know i didn't do like i did not have a like a job job Mm -hmm. as a high schooler Mm. i worked a little bit summers at my dad's shop sure um i think i want to say either between junior year and senior year or between senior year and freshman year of college i worked Mm. most of one of those summers Mm -hmm. at my dad's shop kind of regularly like yeah like a real like weeks, a job weeks yeah. at a time not just like off and on or coming in when i feel like it mm-hmm. um and getting paid like actually making money <laughs> not, doing not it. volunteer um, work yeah <laughs> yeah not forced indentured <laughs> servitude or whatever yeah. that was that was definitely forced, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh but the i guess you could say the first like outside of family real quote-unquote job that i had was I worked, I, I was going to work through a temp agency and mm. I was in high school. Maybe it was senior year. No, it must have been in college one year mm-hmm. and I was home 
Mm-hmm. And I was going to work for this temp agency and they they hired like a gajillion people mm-hmm. to work a pampered chef convention that was taking place <laughs> at McCormick Place downtown. Oh, wow. And this was a long time ago. And it's funny because sometimes now as an adult, you know, and it's been a, a while, it doesn't seem sure. like quite as big of a thing as it used to be, but when I would get invited to a pampered chef party, I would occasionally tell the consultant mm-hmm. that I could have gotten in really early to that organization <laughs> because I was, people did try to recruit me mm, at the sure. convention. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and it was funny. I was like, man, I'd probably be really rich right now because the number of people at this convention was so low and pampered chef is is based it's, in Chicago. Yeah, and it's still around. Like yeah. I buy their spatulas every time someone I, right? has a party. There <laughs> it is. Yeah. <laughs> I always get those yeah. scrapers and a yep, handful of same. other little things. But I've got yes. those in my kitchen right now. Yeah. Yes. They're good for everything. Yeah. Agreed. But um but yeah, I was just working the convention. I was literally the person that was like standing outside of one of the rooms and would be like, This is this is where you're lecture is or whatever like sure yeah um i made almost no money doing it even though i worked like 10 hours a day Uh, i had to be there at like five in the morning oh my gosh um i remember one day i was like i'd like didn't have enough gas and i the gas station wasn't open like it was not open at four in the morning yeah makes sense and i had to like drive try to i had to like i think i had to go home and take one of my parents cars oh jeez like because i was out of gas which was oh. not appreciated um because not only did i take somebody's car but i also left them with an empty tank of gas <laughs> which was not appreciated i'm sure but i yeah. would drive to mccormick place to work it and i would pay for parking so it would like kill most of my oh so whatever you made was literally just paying to get there pretty much yeah i didn't make a lot of money at that that was a mistake um i worked it for like two weeks Mm. and um it must have been the type of convention where they had like it was like three days at a time for guests because they did like Mm -hmm. three banquets or something over the period that i worked it or something like that and um i ended up eventually driving with somebody else this guy that was working the Mm. convention that lived in mount greenwood and so i would like drive to his house at like five in the morning and we would drive and he had like a parking pass for somewhere like across the street and we would park there saved you a little bit i saved some money the last like week that i worked or something like that but tell I, me more uh, about yeah. Marshall Fields. I want to hear more <laughs> about the Marshall Fields job. I worked at Marshall Fields for like Christmases and mm-hmm. summer break and like other. I th- must have been in high school because I did work some during the week. So it definitely, w- I think I worked it when right. I came back for college as well, but I did work it in high school. And like I you know, started out folding shirts and putting crap away from fitting rooms mm-hmm. and, you know, putting out merchandise and all that stuff. And then, um, you know, I, I kind of worked it partially at the time for the discount. So like, sure. and like when you work retail, you know, when everything's going like on markdown too. So like you would just go through right. and be like, I'd like that. I'm going to stick it over here for me to buy later. Um, mm-hmm. I, I might have, it might've been a wash there too with what I made versus what I spent. Like sure, for right. a while I would just walk, come home with like 
wardrobe of you know a bag full of new clothes for no good reason other than i was bored while i was at work and i was shopping so but it wasn't bad gig honestly at the time when it was actually marshall fields like which is now macy's for everybody they were bought by the may company which is actually out of minneapolis i believe what was is the target company and then macy's bought it so it went through two different buyouts i was there when may bought it but then i left before it was macy's so i still have like my old marshall fields credit card Mm -hmm. and i have some like old marshall fields like plates and things and miscellaneous marshall fields stuff i have still like a marshall fields shopping bag from like 20 years ago or something like that more than that that's a good one um but yeah they were actually it was a it was it wasn't a bad company to work for as a teenager at all uh by the time i was was done working there i was i was working in hr doing some of their like implementation moving to the new company so i wasn't as much on the on the floor but like it was cool at the time like they had personal shoppers that would like shop for just people who didn't feel like doing it for themselves so i would help with like pick out outfits and things like that for various people so it was actually kind of it wasn't it was definitely not a horrible job as a teenager you know what i mean um i was going to say though that i also worked a temp job when i came home from college one summer and they placed me in i don't know if it was hr some sort of office position at oak forest hospital So Oak Forest Hospital was opened in the 1800s, so 1854, and it was essentially a public long-term rehab facility that anyone who didn't have insurance, who was uninsured patients from all the other Cook County hospitals, would get sent there. So it was referred to in the 1900s as the poor farm, and it still exists today. I'm not sure in what capacity but they have acres upon acres of land too but if you go there there's a heritage trail and there's cemeteries on the grounds from people who had died there when it was a sanitarium back in like the 1800s oh, or early yeah, 1900s. I know what you're talking about. And I swear to God, the place was haunted. Like yeah. I would have to go into the basement to like old file rooms and stuff, and there oh, were geez. parts of that complex because there were underground tunnels that you had to walk through from one building to another building and it was all underground Mm -hmm. and i swear that place was haunted like there is not a doubt in my mind that people who died there their souls stayed there and haunted those basements like i would run through things as fast as i could to try and like get to whatever the storage room was (laughs) and like i lasted a couple of months and i was like this is not worth my sanity like at all like i will go insane here yeah it was creepy and weird and Mm -hmm. like it was yeah it was it was interesting but it was definitely not for me (laughs) so that was my temp agency experience was the haunted hospital so the haunted hospital oof yeah i guess mine was slightly better than with the whole (laughs) 5 a.m wake-ups i'll take that yeah yeah it was it was interesting (laughs) when i went away to college i started working at uh tis which is a bookstore like oh yeah the classic college bookstore right where it's like got the books but it's also like where you get your illinois shirts and where you Mm -hmm. get you know, and they had like school supply type stuff too, but it was really just like t-shirts and textbooks Yep, was the thing. But here's the weird thing about that place. 
So if you recall, I I don't know if you recall, I started working there uh, to do something during like rush, like the beginning mm -hmm. of the year when everybody's buying their textbooks and everything the first couple weeks. Sure, and sure. they hire a bunch of like temporary help for just two weeks. Mm -hmm. And what you do is you check people's backpacks in. Mm. They walk through the door, you take the backpack, you tell them what number slot you're putting their backpack in. And then when they come back to the front, after they buy their stuff, mm. they tell you what number it and was. And you grab it. And there's like 20 people checking in backpacks. Like it's because just so like a many crowd. students. Yeah. I remember yeah. walking into that bookstore. Yeah. And so when I started, I that's what I did. And and they were like, Does anybody want to keep working through the mm -hmm. school year? And I was just like, No, I don't want to do that. This was enough. I don't know why I did this in the first place, but I'm done. And uh, somehow they kept putting me on the schedule. <laughs> I and do also, think I remember this. <laughs> and also somehow I got moved from the front end, which is like a cashier or the people checking people in to the sportswear department where I was basically walking the floor and helping people with, you know, putting away merchandise doing what you were doing at marshall fields sure. yeah, initially retail. where i was like folding and doing a little bit of customer service and mm -hmm. you know stocking the back inventory type stuff and things like that but i have no idea how they <laughs> were able to somehow get me in there i don't remember expressing <laughs> any interest in it and i had that job for all of oh college, my god for all starting of college yeah. freshman year that's I so worked funny. there the entire time I was at college, and it's just so weird to me. But you wouldn't have if you would have was... had to stay at the front the whole time. No. Like, oh, that heavens, was miserable. No. I was never so... going to be able to stay at the yeah. front end. So somehow you magically just, you know, found a job that you could tolerate. <laughs> I know. It was a good job, and there were yeah. nice people, and the boss of that department, he was a really cool guy, and he was really nice. Um, yeah. He was very tolerant. Of my total unwillingness to work <laughs> during football games or basketball uh... <laughs> games because I bought season tickets to those things. Yeah. What I found bizarre slash interesting is that <laughs> everyone else in the sportswear department had zero interest in, in sports. sports? <laughs> None. That's ironic. <laughs> it's another reason why I'm not sure how I got that job because... They were like, you have to work football games. And I was like, yeah, no, I'm not going to do yeah, that. I'm not going to do that. Yeah. I don't even want to work the away games because I want to watch, watch the game. them on TV. Yeah, yeah, agreed. And I'm like, how did I get here? Apparently like, nobody else cared. So it worked out. <laughs> yeah. And like when my boss would be like, OK, we're going to make the schedule. You know, mm -hmm. he would make the schedule like, I don't know, more than a month ahead, maybe like six or eight weeks ahead. Mm -hmm. And he and you would have to put in what you could and could not do, you know, like your class yeah. schedule and things sure, like sure, that. Sure, yeah. As far in advance as possible. And there were times where, like, for example, I would go to visit Mike and I would have to sure. put in that I would be gone a full weekend or something yeah. like that. And honestly, I rarely worked weekends because I was either going to a football game or I or was going visiting out of Mike. Yeah. Yep. But I would work during the week and I would work evenings, you know, like I, you know, was pretty flexible yeah. otherwise. But, uh, but yeah, I still can't believe that they never fired me for being <laughs> totally inflexible with my work schedule. I mean, like just 
yeah. not willing to compromise at all. Yeah, I mean, obviously there was a reason, I guess. I, I don't uh, know. Yeah. I don't even I don't think know. I was really that good at it. But I mean, whatever. It's fine. It worked out. I, it worked out. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm happy I had the job. Although I will say that I had very little respect for my pay. Because I spent most of it on going out. Yeah. It was just your spending money at that point. It really was. And they would cash your check there. Like, I didn't even have to have a bank account. Oh, you literally just, yeah. I just went downstairs and they cashed my check. And then I would go out. you'd have cash. You'd go out. Yeah. Yeah. Do whatever activity I was going to do. I fell into a job at school as well that was incredibly random and i don't even remember i think i just applied there was like a job board like online of postings and i wound up delivering medical documents and other miscellaneous things across campus to all the various like medical buildings or the like the gym that was there to like the physio you know the yeah trainers Mm -hmm. and all all across campus and i would do it twice a day so I would do it like in the morning and then again in the afternoon in between my classes. And I used uh-huh. their van and I would just pick up stuff at, you know, the, the medical building and go to various places around campus. And I did the, I don't even know how I figured out where I was going. It's not like you had GPS on your phone at the time. Yeah. I must have known or looked at a map or knew how to read a map, I guess. But they would just give me the address and these things. And you're like, you have to drop off this envelope here or you have to drop off this cooler of unknown things to this other medical Mm. building. So I don't know what I was dropping off. It was all just campus buildings, though. And I would do it twice a day and I would collect paycheck. Um, And it was a great job because they literally were like, all right, what's your schedule? Okay, just come in before this class and come in, in, you know, the middle of the day in between classes and was super flexible. And I did that for years. Yeah. Um, At one point, the most exciting thing or not really exciting, but memorable thing that happened was when I was at um, whatever the rec center was. I don't remember what the gym was called there. It was a a big facility, but I went to turn the car on. It was a minivan. I went to turn the minivan on and the hood essentially caught on fire and the whole car went up in flames. And I got out and was standing in the parking lot and the whole car, literally the whole front of the car was just up in flames. So I had to call the fire department. I had to call my boss and they came and picked me up. And eventually what they determined was the car was parked outside and the squirrels had chewed through the gas lines. And when I went to start the car, it caused a spark that then actually caught the car on fire. And then it just spread. Yeah. So, like, literally, that's That's what happened to the van I was driving. Can we just take a moment (laughs) to reiterate how good it would be if U of I would change their mascot to the quad squirrels? Squirrel, right? Yes. Like these squirrels, you guys. Okay. I know every college campus has squirrels. You don't have U of I squirrels. These guys, yeah, were the cause of car starting on fire. Like they made Lauren's car light on fire. (laughs) Yes. It was, it was a relatively scary thing ordeal but like literally yeah, i turned the car scary. on and like hood flames and because there was so much pressure the hood popped up and i could see the flames coming out from under the sides of the hood nope. i was like that's not good out of the car okay i'm just that's gonna stand here 
And I literally just watched the car burn. Like, I just stood there. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, at least it wasn't your own car. That's good. Yeah, no, I was happy that it wasn't my vehicle, but also I was like, oh, crap, did I do that? And then they were like, no, no. And then after they investigated and whatnot, they were like, yeah, no, it was the squirrels. It was literally the squirrels. So, yeah. So that was my, like, last not real job before, like, graduating from college and getting an actual job yeah the only other job that i guess i would call a bs job is when i was uh when i graduated from college i decided to get my real estate license Mm -hmm. before going off to law school and i had my real estate license you know i don't know for several years and the reason i would call it a bs job is because while I could see how people would make money as real estate agents, I could mm-hmm. totally see how you would do that. There were many occasions where I would go to like trainings or I would interact with other real estate agents. And I would think to myself, you are not doing this in the most cost effective way possible. <laughs> like, and I'm really weird about that. Like, I don't like to do activities that I don't get that I don't profit from. Right, that aren't worth your labor. Yeah, yeah. No, I totally get that. That doesn't mean I wouldn't volunteer to do something. But if I am at in a position where I'm, you know, not actually like helping society, I want to get paid. Like if I'm doing it because because some guy is looking for his next condo to flip, like I want, I mean, you're gonna pay me to do that. So like, agreed. I don't know. It just. I was okay at it, but never considered it a full-time gig. I helped some family find houses. And mostly I bought, I helped people buy houses. I didn't sell ever. I don't think I was ever the listing agent on somebody's home. Yeah, And I was never like, oh, you don't want me to help you sell your house. Like I never had a friend like ask. I don't think I ever had somebody ask me. And I never had a moment where I was like, Oh, I can want to do sell your home because I was a law student for most of the time that I had my license. And I was just like, yeah, I don't have time to help you with that. Like, if you want to go look at houses on the weekend, I can do that with you. Like, I can help you find a house. Sure, sure. Yeah, but I'm not going to list it and do that work and do. No, I'm just not the role that I and I I realized that pretty quickly, um, fortunately, and uh, for me. I think sure. it's a lucrative career. If it's that's what you want to devote your time to, totally yeah. fair. But if you're doing it like as a part-time gig, doing something else, like then it's not not really your your thing, you know. Yeah. So you're not going to so spend for enough me, time it wasn't to make good right money place. off of it. Yeah. 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 I wound up, you know, graduating from college and grad school, and then just, uh, you know. Going straight a, into it. Going straight into the wonderful world of accounting. And uh, you know, here we are. So but well, I had I've... a variety of interesting jobs getting yeah. to that point. <laughs> yeah. Well, I found my way back to my first job mm-hmm. uh putting true. labels on postcards. Yeah. Which is just like a different version of what I do every single day. No. <laughs> <laughs> It's a little um, but, bit more complicated yeah, now, yeah. you know. <laughs> but it's funny to me to think about how I got where I am because, yeah. uh, you know, I went to law school and I met a bunch of lawyers who seemed really unhappy 
at their job. And you're like, maybe I don't want to do this. Mm. And I, I made a very complicated decision. I say complicated because I'm not going to tell the whole story <laughs> to leave and to yeah. figure out what my what my plan was and ended up at the sign stop and immediately fell in love. It was like, oh, I'm just going to do this until I figure things out. And it was sure, like two sure. weeks later and I was like, I'm not leaving. I'm just doing this. Yeah. I'm just hey, going to stay. That works though. Whatever. And it was awesome. And I loved it. You just needed to figure out. That's where you yep. needed to be. Yep. Someday I'll figure out what I want to do when I grow up. But until well, we'll then, have another episode. I have a job. <laughs> so that's what matters at the moment is that I am working. I am employed. Yes. I'm paying the mortgage, <laughs> as they yep. say. Pretty much. So, all right. Well, let's drink our second beer here while we wrap let's things up. Let's drink cookies and cream stout which i hope is exactly what it says it is it's got pictures of oreos although they're not being called oreos because because i don't think you're allowed to say that ones, yeah. but that's like, what i'm looking it smells at. like chocolate I mean. Ooh, it does smell like chocolate that's what i want i mm. want some chocolate right now i was gonna have some like candy or something after dinner mm. this is gonna do that yeah. This is going to be my after dinner candy for today. This tastes, it smells like chocolate. It tastes like chocolate. I can get, you know, the cream part is the harder piece, I think, to get the flavor yeah. of in beers. But I do feel like it's a good mix. It's a well-balanced beer that's not overwhelmingly chocolate. Like, you feel like there's something else in there, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's a little, I don't want to say... It's a little lighter, a little. It is a little lighter. It's a not heavy thin stout. exactly, but it's no. it's a lighter. Um, it's a lighter consistency. I think it's it's not. Some stouts are really heavy. Like I could probably drink this beer. You know, like yes. there's often bottles that I'm like, oh, I'm not going to finish this. This one's right. light enough that I I could drink it and not be like, oh, that was way too much. Um, exactly. But it's a good, well-balanced flavor that's not too chocolatey. I feel like it's got a little bit of that sweet, creamy flavor mixed in. And it really, to me, does taste like what it's supposed to taste like, I think. Yeah. Yeah, this is good. Mm -hmm. These beers are good, man. You they know, are good. For being such a new brewery, they've really knocked it out of the park. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, now I'm I, I'm I'm wanting I'm interested if I see you know other beers from them again they definitely would be something I would pick up like both of these Absolutely. are totally different but good in what they are trying to be like Absolutely. they're very much as advertised which is really how I evaluate beers is, is is this hitting the mark of what they were trying to do and I really think both of these really do that so. Yeah. I agree. I think they do. And I like you said, this this cookies and cream stout is very like I'd almost describe it as user friendly beer because yeah, it's drinkable. Like... Yet again, you're drinking something that maybe you find somebody who likes Guinness mm -hmm. and you wanna bring them over into trying an adjunct stout. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and you could put them on to this and they would probably really they probably like it. would it's not it's not like carbonated feeling it's not too heavy it's a really good flavor and it's a mm -hmm. really drinkable beer so definitely. yeah i am totally happy with these choices so yeah i'm me too definitely give steven's point to try again if given the opportunity so yeah i, I like it all right cool this was fun
All right. Well, someday maybe we'll be talking about how we're brewers. No, that's not going to be the next job. Um, <laughs> I I will just be the taste tester. You will be fine. leaving that to all of these lovely people that are yes. already doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, and we will catch you guys next time. We're yeah, on. sounds good. Okay. Thanks, everyone, for listening to the latest musings from Parenting by the Pint. Be sure to find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and make sure that you rate, review, and subscribe to us wherever you find your podcasts. Have a great week, and cheers to you all.